0: hello friends thanks for tuning in so this is going to be a really awkward podcast for me because i'm going to talk about something i don't think i've ever really talked about before um so i'm going to talk about the struggles that i've had with jealousy and how that has really poisoned my life my attitude and um you know, gotten in the way of me becoming who God created me to be. So it's, this podcast is going to start kind of with some practical examples and kind of a confessional style. I mean, nothing that's so uncomfortable, it's indecent, and nothing that's unrelatable. And then after that, I'm going to break down and discuss the ways that I know that this has affected me. And, you know. Yeah. Perspective. It's all about perspective. Perspective changes everything. So, um, I think one of the most, oh man, I just remembered a third one. Well, that's embarrassing. Fourth one. Yeah. Okay. So, one of the most embarrassing moments of my life, for me personally, in this category of jealousy was in the privacy of my own home, me, on YouTube, watching the first video I ever saw of Lindsay Sterling. So the first video I saw of her was Shadows, which was one of her really early ones. Um, Just such creative filmmaking, oh my goodness. Um, And I remember watching that and thinking, my mom had sent it to me and said, "'Oh, this reminds me of you.'" And I watched it thinking, oh my gosh, I'm so jealous. Like, oh, she has this boyfriend who's helping her make all her film and all her dreams come true and isn't that great. And, (laughs) oh, I was, I was a sourpuss. So I had to take some distance from that and get over myself before I could actually enjoy her videos. And I'm thankful to say that I did end up doing that um to the point where when she released her book a few years back i want to say like 2015 or something um someone gave me a gift card to Barnes and Noble i had prayed that i that someone would give me that book and someone gave me a gift card at the office um, uh secret santa swap and i was like this is god answering my prayer for lindsay sterling's book this is so great So, I went and bought her book, and I read the whole thing, and it taught me very quickly that her life in that season was anything but perfect. It was really, really hard. It was really, really painful. She had so much anxiety and depression, and um, her anorexia was just really controlling her life and even her relationships with others. Um it was hurting her, it was hurting her family, and so, um, you know, she, she didn't go into details about her breakup with her videographer boyfriend, whose name escapes me, but I can see his face, um, but just, it gave me that perspective of realizing, you know, just because somebody put something beautiful out on the internet and I wish I could have done that doesn't mean that I want to be that person, doesn't mean that their life is free of struggles by any means. Um, Lindsay Sterling has had a really hard life in many ways. Um, You know, she grew up poor. Her parents were Mormon. Um, They had a bunch of kids. They adopted more kids. Um, She had to choose between violin lessons or ballet or dance, and she chose violin. And then she had to learn dance along the way. And she worked really, really hard. She performed in school cafeterias. She saved all of her money so that when she did have a big gig, she was able to hire the drummer and the pianist who became her core team. Um, And then there was... She went through a season in her 20s where she had a lot of anorexia. And then, you know, her pianist passed away from cancer. Her father passed away shortly after. She's worked really, really hard. And she still gets really mean comments, you know, saying like, oh, Lindsey Sterling makes me sick and stuff like that. And so... By no means has Lindsay Sterling had an easy life. She's worked very hard for everything she has. God has given her the talents that she has and the drive that she has. And, um, it just breaks my heart that she's a Mormon and she doesn't know who Jesus truly is. Um, so, I ask that you would join me in praying for her. Um... Yeah, because it doesn't matter how zen we are in our own strength. If we don't have Jesus' forgiveness of our sins, forgiveness of our sins, we're not going anywhere. We can get to the top of the hill in this life and it's not going to mean anything because we are still, we've all fallen short of the glory of God and we all need Jesus' forgiveness and we need to accept him as he defines himself. I don't want to say this, but I need to say it. There are a lot of people in hell who liked Jesus. But the problem is that they only liked him. They didn't love him enough to trust him. They didn't love him enough to prove their love and obey him. And so... Jesus is the only way to heaven eternal life happiness yeah it's extremely close-minded yeah we're offending everybody else in the world yeah but also every archaeological anthropological and philosophical argument in the world points to the truth of the Bible and contradicts every other narrative. So that's my gut-wrenching statement on that. Yeah. So I was jealous of Lindsay Sterling and it was really embarrassing. And then I finally got over myself and I was able to enjoy her music, um, and performance, because that's something I really appreciate and love. Um And so, the, the second embarrassing thing that I had was, um, (laughs) oh my gosh, I was such a whiny baby. So, um, excuse me. So, I forget what year this was, but have any of you heard the movie October Baby? Do any of you know, um... Oh my gosh. Andrew and his brother. No. Okay, the Kendrick brothers, but not them, but they're another set of brothers. I'm forgetting their names. Okay, so there's a set of. There's two Christian men who created the film October Baby. And they worked really hard on the story and the line and the development. And it's just, it's absolutely beautiful. And I knew it was going to be a great movie before I saw it in the theaters. I went to the theaters. I saw it. I loved it. I left the theaters. and I went home and I called my mom. And I was such a whiny baby. I was like, when is it going to be my turn to make, you know, a big film? Like, ooh. Oh my gosh. I'm so embarrassed telling you this. So, um... So in hindsight, like, I have learned over the years that the creative projects you do do not fulfill you. Like, they do not give you self-worth. Like, I wanted to be, I still want to be part of a movie, but I wanted to be a part of a movie then because I wanted some creative project outside of me to instill self-worth in me, to make me feel valuable. And that doesn't come from the things that you do. It, it certainly doesn't last. Like I've, I've already accomplished a lot of things in my life and <laughs> they do not give me value. Like on a day-to-day basis, I have to remind myself that Jesus loves me died for my sins and I lean into the love that my husband and my friends and my church have for me because that is the tangible reminder that God loves me that I have getting likes on videos doesn't give a person a lasting sense of love So, and certainly not, you know, creating a movie that's really good. There's lots of actors out there who've created lots of really amazing, meaningful movies. But they have miserable, painful lives because they don't know that Jesus loves them. So, that was a pretty huge fallacy there. Um, (laughs) And... So there are two other creators that I've been jealous of. And you may know these names, you may not. It's fine. So the the name that you may know is uh Joanna Jinton. She is the let's see, the first video I saw of her was where she called the she sang to call the cows in for the night. It was so beautiful. I saw that on Facebook. And my first response to to that was jealousy. Like, oh wow, it must be nice to have beautiful long locks of blonde hair and have wear this beautiful dress and call the cows home and be so romantic. And when I finally took the time to watch the intro video that she has on her YouTube... She's very honest about how hard she's worked since 2010 to just survive in the cold village of Sweden where she lives. So, again, like, I don't know her life. I don't know how hard she's worked to get there. You know, the grass is greener on the other side, but do I pay the water bill? Do I know how much fertilizer they till into the soil? No. Um... Speaking of fertilizer and soil, um, Laura and Aaron from Garden Answer are the fourth creatives who make this list. Um, Laura, if you hear this at some point, just know that I'm human. I love you. I'm sorry. And I'm so glad I can profile you on this list of inspiring creatives. (laughs) Um, Yeah. I guess that's the best thing I can say about that. Anyways, so um, Erin and Laura from Garden Answer. Let's see. Um, Okay, so I found them about a year ago in summer when I was looking up succulent care. And she had a really good basics about succulent video. Excuse me, I've got all the burps today. My husband made me a waffle for breakfast, and it was delicious, and everything is settling in, apparently. Okay, where was I? Waffles. So, um, so I found them because of this succulent care video. And then I started watching some of their videos, and they do a bunch of succulent arrangements. Um, so they started... There was one year where they just did videos every single weekend, every night, every weekend. They're putting up a video every single week. Like, I know how hard that is, especially for good edited content. Oh, I did New Jersey Preacher Girl for a year, every week for the first half and then every other week for the second half. And then I had to give it up because my editor gave up his Adobe Premiere subscription and I didn't have the energy to keep it up, but I learned a lot from it, and that was kind of the point, and it's still there if you want a good laugh, and I've thoroughly locked myself out of that account, so, which is kind of a good thing, because it's, I would probably would have taken those videos down, but they're up. I'm locked out of it. Go enjoy it. If you comment, I can't see what you say. Sorry. Anyways, so Laura and Aaron worked really, really hard for an entire year, and, um, I've gathered all this information from watching their Q&A's where they talk about it. And so, it was Aaron's idea. So, he was working as a cable guy, you know, installing internet connections and cable connections um, for TV. And he said, you know, "Let's, let's try and do a YouTube channel. And Laura was really not enthusiastic. She was like, okay, I will try it for a year. And if nothing happens after a year... I'm giving it up. So they pushed through a solid year of making all these videos. I don't... I'm not quite sure what subscriber count they'd gotten to, but a few days before the end of this calendar year that Laura had agreed to, Aaron got an email from a very reputable plant company, Proven Winners. And at first he thought it was a scam because it sounded... The name Proven Winners I'm sorry. It sounded a little bit cheesy. It sounded like some pageant company. He he did not know plant companies. That's the irony of it. He was in it for the filming. And so he said, Hey Laura, do you know this company, Proven Winners? Like, boy, are you is this is this a legit thing? And she's like, Aaron, that's a huge plant company. Yes. So Proven Winners contacted them, sat down and said, hey, how could we support you to inspire people to get serious about gardening? So Proven Winters had no agenda. They literally just wanted to support Aaron and Laura. So, um, Laura and Aaron have, wow, I can't talk. Aaron and Laura have this, such a blessed infrastructure. So Aaron's parents are the pastor and Women's Ministry leader of Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Oregon, and Pastor Paul Laboudier has his own YouTube channel with like thirty thousand subscribers, and he preaches through the Bible verse by verse, and it's amazing. I watched one sermon, um, from early December twenty nineteen is the year and month we're in, and it was about forgiveness, and it was so good and he covered all the things. He covered the mulberry tree. I just need to put the link in the description. It was really, really good. I'm profiling all these creative people that I love, but I'm going to link to Calvary Chapel, Ontario, Pastor Paula Boutier. Yes, I am. Okay. Also, that sermon was really appropriate for me because I was working on the Lord's Prayer at the time, but that's a different tangent. So, Laura and Aaron have this infrastructure of Aaron's parents are um, pastor and women's leader at their church. And then Laura's parents are the, the owners of the local garden center, Andrew's Seed Company. So Laura's mom, Susan, sells her plants at the cost that she buys them for. So Some of you might be saying, okay, where does this all come down to? Okay, what you need to understand is they bought a huge, beautiful property with a big house that had, you know, a first edition that was built in the early 1900s and then a second 1919, I think they said. And they have this beautiful land and they've worked really, really hard to plant it up. They've bought some incredible plants, and a lot of the plants have been sponsored. They have a sponsorship from Espoma. They have literally an entire rack of different types of fertilizer in their barn, sort of like their own private little retail shop, where they just go, they grab the spray bottle, but here's the thing. They're gardening on the scale where they need that quantity of supplies. So here's the thing. It's very, very easy for someone and I'm not as jealous of Laura as I have been of these other people. So this is kind of evidence to me that I'm making progress. (laughs) Um but it's very easy to come into watching Laura's videos and thinking, oh, they must have it so good. You know, they've they've got this this garden center connection. They've got this, you know, these sponsorships so they can, you know, get all this product and Oh, they've got YouTube advertising to give them money they can live off to make up videos. It's very easy to look at that and think that their life is perfect and fun and easy all the time. And I have to remind myself regularly when I watch Laura's videos that... Her life is hard. It is not easy. She is doing what God created her to do. I mean, just everything about her background, working at the garden center, and learning about plants in the way that she has. And then also, learning to garden in high desert. She has one of the most difficult gardening conditions in the United States. And so... When she recommends a plant, it's because she knows that it's going to be good for people. And so, while the plants that she uses are going to be very different from what I use in Alabama, also I have like a tiny baby porch, so, and a planter pot or two. Um, like, our pH level is completely different, our moisture and humidity and water is going to be completely different you know we have really moist heat they have very dry heat you know different plants are going to behave differently in those environments and so you know we have magnolia trees she would love to grow magnolia trees so it's very easy i catch myself watching her videos and she's such a positive optimistic person i catch myself watching her videos and being judgmental being like oh must be so nice Da-da-da-da-da-da. and oftentimes it's not even words that come to me it's more of this heart attitude where I catch it and I'm just like "Nah, no no you get back oh, yeah because here's the thing you guys when we allow ourselves to get into this jealousy of people it completely destroys our ability to have a healthy relationship with them. Let me say that again. When we allow ourselves to be jealous of people, it destroys our ability to have a healthy friendship or relationship with them. Yeah, that's really sad. And more importantly... We are poisoning our own lives. Poisoning. I think the reason that I'm, I've am i struggled with jealousy of all of these people is because they are active, prolific creators. And that is who I am. That is who, who God has made me to be. I am an active, I need to be, and I am increasingly becoming an active, prolific creator. 2019 was an incredible year for me. And I'm excited for 2020 because... The work that I put in this year is going to start to show next year. It's going to be great. Um, I've got watercolor to share. I've got dance film to edit. I've got work to do. Um, And so the thing is, is that when I gave into jealousy for any of those people at any time, I was casting condemnation on my own gifts and talents. Now, I don't know if that makes very much sense, but let me, let me tell you a bit of an illustration. So, I remember sitting in a sermon and hearing my pastor share this, which was, if you walk away from sermons very critical sometimes, maybe it's because you have the gift or calling to preach and you are realizing how you would preach or teach that passage differently. When I heard that, my mind was blown. And it was super empowering because... I don't know if you've noticed, but I tend to talk a lot on these podcasts. And it might kind of fall into the category of expository scripture teaching on occasion. And I will speak for myself. When I listen to a sermon, especially on a passage that I know fairly well... I have a mental checklist in my mind of okay, if you're gonna mention this, you need to talk about this. Oh, you're talking about forgiveness and that mustard seed. Oh, you're talking about forgiveness and if you have faith like a mustard seed, you can say to this mulberry tree, uproot yourself and throw yourself in the sea. Oh, you better talk about those mulberry tree roots, dude, because those that is like the big point of the illustration. Listen. I was watching Pastor Paul Laboudier's Sermon on Forgiveness and he brought up the mulberry tree and I was like, oh dude, talk about the mulberry tree. And he didn't, he waited. And then at the end of the sermon, he talked about the importance of the mulberry tree roots. And long story short, mulberry tree roots were very, very twisted and embedded in the ground. and And there was this Colloquial, cultural saying at the time that you couldn't uproot a mulberry tree. But here's the thing, you guys. Unforgiveness has mulberry roots. Jealousy, criticism, that has mulberry roots. We have turned, as a culture, we have turned jealousy into a form of entertainment think about this you guys this is so toxic to our souls (sighs) in contrast what is the antidote to jealousy like it's good to identify when okay i'm getting off track okay lord jesus i need you to help me but how do we actively pursue the opposite of jealousy Rejoicing with those who rejoice. And I am not alone in thinking that this is actually so much harder than weeping with those who weep. Yes, it takes emotional energy um, and a sacrifice of time and energy to truly mourn and grieve with people who've experienced trauma and loss and suffering, but it takes a similar and different kind of sacrifice, similar yet different kind of sacrifice to rejoice with those who rejoice. And the most beautiful example I can think of this is actually from a tweet I saw. So I'm going to link to Matt Smithhurst, great guy, great Twitter account, great tweet. And he makes this point about rejoicing with those who rejoice. And imagine if Christians were this big-hearted. So, the video, it's only 30 seconds. It's not even that long. But I'm going to explain it to you because we're here on the podcast. You might be driving somewhere. I'm just going to explain it. So, it's a beauty pageant. Probably Miss World or something like that because you've got lots of different nations represented. And Miss Jamaica, Miss Brazil, and Miss Nigeria are all lined up next to each other, waiting for the final result of who is going to win the entire pageant. And the announcer says, Jamaica! Now, the camera immediately cuts to the young women to get their live reactions, And what you first notice is Miss Nigeria goes absolutely bonkers. She does the most beautiful jumping up and down enthusiasm. And, she, and Miss Brazil is very, very happy for Miss Jamaica as well. And she starts clapping and then she hugs Miss Jamaica I don't know if I said that right. Miss Brazil is happy for Miss Jamaica. Poor Miss Jamaica looks like she's about to have a panic attack or an anxiety attack right on stage. Because she cannot believe that she won. That is what her face is saying all over it. So, Miss Jamaica is being hugged by Miss Brazil. And Miss Nigeria does this enthusiastic dance and then turns to miss jamaica and says yes girl yes girl something of, you won you deserve this and the three girls just hug with such tenderness and miss nigeria is like jumping up and down getting a little bit on miss brazil's nerves but miss brazil like opens her eyes and then like closes them again and she just like goes with it we need gracious women like miss brazil in our lives because if everyone were as enthusiastic as miss nigeria We'd have way too much emotion energy to actually bouncing off the walls to actually get things done. So, um, and speaking for myself, I have the propensity to be a drama queen. Drama queens are not very good at making sure that life keeps on functioning. We need lots of different personalities in the world. I said it before, say it again, probably need to do a proper podcast episode on that. But anyways, the three girls are just hugging and the the joy the joy that miss nigeria has for miss jamaica it's it's almost more than she would have for herself if she won it is equal she is so selfless in that moment thinking of miss jamaica's good and best interest and the screams from the audience that go out there is clearly there's clearly some joy for Miss Jamaica, not just for Miss Nigeria. Miss Jamaica must be a real sweetheart. Poor thing puts her hands over her face. She's just like, like in this complete state of shock. Um, and so that example, which came to me last night as I was scrolling the internet, um, and it just, it just absolutely blessed my socks off. I think I watched that clip a dozen or 20 times because the selflessness that it takes to rejoice with people is so rare i mean people wonder like you know why is it so hard to believe in other people you know i have this dream that my friends and family won't support me and i've got all these naysayers in my life you know why why is that so common It's heartbreaking how common that is. And it's because we're too jealous and we're too fearful to believe in other people. And Miss Nigeria is clearly a very confident woman. You know, she believes in herself. And this is a really important example of the greatest commandment is love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength and then love your neighbor as yourself. Miss Nigeria's confidence for, her, for Miss Jamaica is equal with her confidence for herself. Does that make sense? And so if we, if we are not receiving love from God, if we are not receiving our self-worth and our confidence from God, we're not going to have that to give and instill in other people. so many of us are emotionally bankrupt and it's it's heartbreaking it's heartbreaking but it comes back down to I'm responsible to find my self worth in God and then love the people around me without any strings attached and I'm going to give you another last confession before we wrap up here Um, this isn't exactly jealousy, but it kind of is. It's a kind of covetousness. Oh boy, has this been an awkward podcast or what? Anyways, um, so, forgive me if I've explained this before, I might need to explain it again, but there have been times where I've coveted someone else's affection. Yes, I talked about this in facade culture, and I'm repeating myself. I'll make it the spark notes version. So when I covet someone else's ambiance or friend circle, aura is a word that comes to mind, and I wish we had a a biblically friendly equivalent to that, but without the spiritual juju but Christians will also know what I mean when you're around somebody who's negative there's a vibe that just kind of comes off of them and I I truly believe our emotions are released through our skin and you can feel it when you touch people and sort of things like that so and we don't necessarily pick up on that consciously but subconsciously we do so that's why our subconscious and our gut instinct is important because it's sometimes it's picking up on you know people's emotions around us and sometimes it can also be you know something is reminding us of a trauma that we had before maybe we don't even remember that and so we're triggering and it it might just be us but sometimes it is other people <sighs> Wow, I'm way off course right now. But the point is If I'm jealous of someone's persona, and I try to be friends with them, and be friendly with them, and then they don't return that, and I get bitter, that's just as poisonous. And so, sometimes rejoicing with those who rejoice means letting them live their lives and having lower expectations. And that's, that's hard. That's hard, especially when, if we're suffocating emotionally or spiritually, and we see someone that has what we want, but they won't associate with us, oh. And I'm not saying that that's right, not by any means, but... Stefan Molyneux says sometimes that we have to, when we're coming out of a toxic environment, sometimes we have to quarantine ourselves so we can unlearn that toxicity and then be more healthy to interact with other healthy people. Um, And I know some of you listening are going through that process. And especially when you're in the middle of that detox in emotional detox. <laughs> and believe you me, this takes years, decades. But there's still a lot of change that can happen. Okay. This year from next year, I'm I'm wiser than I was last year. I'm doing things differently than I was 2 years ago. I have more self-control than I did 3 years ago. I have a little bit more self-control to have more other-centeredness than I did four years ago. Baby steps. And so, I think the reason that I'm especially jealous of Laura Laboudier from Garden Answer is because she has this rich heritage of healthy family relationships. And I've talked about this some, and I've probably talked about it too much on my podcast, and I might have to archive some episodes, but we'll see um but God has really used conflict in my family to keep me humble, but at the same times at the same time, it would be really nice to just have a family where everybody got along, you know. And that is the ideal. That is, that is the end goal. But sometimes that's not going to be fully realized until we get to heaven. And then there's no more prejudice. There's no more fear. There's no more triggers. Because God's goodness will have completely overwhelmed our traumas. <sighs> Healing them instantly. That is the power of God's goodness. His goodness heals our trauma. His beauty is what makes life worth living. So, as you think about all the things we've talked about in this episode, my prayer for you is that you will be open to letting go of whomever you need to let go of and also being open to allow different people into your life who may not necessarily be comfortable but they will be more healthy and that God will give you the grace and the wisdom the self-control, to rejoice with those who rejoice, even if you are desperately in need of what they have. My name is Meg, and I love my Jesus, and I believe in living inside out. Now it's your turn. Go and live it.